0: and let's read the very end of chapter uh, 15 and read mostly from chapter 16 so from verse 55 of chapter 15 1555 to 16 and verse 9 Sister uh, Renee, can you begin for us with chapter 15 and verse 55, Odette, it is the resurrection and specifically the resurrection of the believer, uh, although of course there is mention of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is entirely relevant as far as the resurrection of the believer is Uh, concerned death where is thy sting grave where is thy victory God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ Uh, and so what should be the case my beloved uh, brethren Uh, we should be encouraged by uh, what we know regarding the resurrection We should encourage to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in uh, the work of the uh, Lord. Uh, Remember how at the beginning of the chapter he said, uh, this is the gospel in which you stand. Be steadfast. Uh, uh, Be always abounding. Also at the beginning of uh, the chapter, uh, he said, I labored more abundantly than them all. Uh, know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Again, earlier in the chapter, uh, uh, he said uh, that if the resurrection is not true, our faith is not vain. And if the resurrection is, tr- is not true, then why do I face the difficulties which I face in my ministry? And why do you face uh, difficulties, problems, challenges as well? It is vain. If the resurrection is not true, it is vain to deal with such things. But knowing that the resurrection is true, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There is a reward. Back in chapter 3, he said that every laborer will uh, receive uh, his uh, uh, reward. Uh, There is a work uh, uh, of uh, the Lord. Uh, He mentions uh, uh, at the beginning of chapter 16, giving. Uh, We're going to uh, consider that. He mentions uh, people like Timothy and uh, Apollos. Uh, Also others like uh, uh, chapter 16 and verse 15, the house of uh, Stephanus. Uh, And then in verse 17, Stephanus Fortunatus, Achaicus, the various people in various ways, every believer is serving the Lord, and we should know uh, that our labor is not in vain uh, in uh, the uh, Lord. Uh, in uh, uh, in the Lord. God will accomplish his purposes and he will uh, reward uh, his children uh, for all that they do. Like I said, one of the things in which the believer serves the Lord is giving. And so there is a bit of a connection between verse 58 of chapter 15 and the first two verses of chapter 16, uh, where the subject is giving, always abound in the work of the Lord, always abound in the work of the Lord, First Corinthians 15:58. and one part of the work of the Lord is giving. At the very beginning of chapter 16, now concerning the collection for the saints, the word now is a word which Paul uses several times in this letter, and it is a word which usually marks the beginning of a new subject. Let's go back and read uh, from a few passages in the letter. First of all, chapter 7 and verse 1. Chapter 7 and verse 1. Now concerning the things which you wrote to me. Note this uh, uh, this, uh, 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 verse in particular. Now concerning the things which you wrote to me also chapter 7 and verse 25 now concerning virgins chapter 8 and verse 1 now as touching things offered unto idols chapter 12 and verse 1 now concerning spiritual gifts Uh, now concerning spiritual gifts Uh, go back to chapter 7 and verse 1 now concerning the things which you wrote to me that makes it clear that the Corinthians had written to Paul asking him about certain things, who had carried their letter uh, to him. We just mentioned chapter 16 and verse 15, the coming of Stephanus Fortunatus and Achaicus, uh, uh individuals who uh, have had come, it seems, Uh, very likely from Corinth to Ephesus, which is where Paul was at the time of the writing of 1 Corinthians, and they probably carried with them the letter that asked several questions about several subjects, a letter written by the Corinthians. Now, because Paul uses in chapter 7 and verse 1 the statement, now concerning the things that you wrote to me, Some people think that, in particular, every occurrence of the word now involves a subject which they asked about in the letter which they wrote. Now, some speculation is involved in uh, this view, but let's just say it's uh, possible. Uh, uh, It's possible. Uh, Now, concerning the collection for the saints, uh, it is a new subject. And possibly a subject which they had asked about in the letter which they sent to him, in which they posed a number of questions. Now concerning the collection for the saints. Now the collection for the saints is... Uh, obviously an effort which involved helping believers uh, it's obviously an effort which uh, involved the churches of Galatia as well uh, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia and it is an effort uh, which was directed towards helping believers in uh, Jerusalem uh, chapter 16 and verse 3 I will send to bring your liberality unto uh, Jerusalem here uh, There is mention of this effort, this project uh, of gathering money, gathering contributions, uh, putting them together and sending them to the church in Jerusalem for the needs that are there. The mention here is rather brief. It is just four verses. Uh, The same subject is mentioned elsewhere and it's mentioned ...in a more lengthy manner. So let's read elsewhere to get an idea what uh, we are uh, speaking of. Romans 15, and beginning with verse 25. Romans 15, and beginning with verse 25. But now I go to Jerusalem to minister unto the saints, for it has pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints who are at Jerusalem, let's stop there just a moment, Macedonia and Achaia, are what, are the northern and southern parts of Greece, Corinth is part of Achaia, it is part of the southern part of uh, Greece, Uh, It has pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints who are at Jerusalem. It has pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. When therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you, that is, I will pass through rome i will come by you into spain and i am sure that i will come unto you when i come unto you i shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of christ now i beseech you brethren for the lord jesus christ's sake and for the love of the spirit that he strive together with me in your prayers to god for me that i may be delivered from them that do not believe in judea and that my service which i have for jerusalem May be accepted by the saints, so here in Romans chapter 15, uh, there uh, is a substantial passage that speaks of this effort, this project, uh, this idea of Gentile churches uh, giving to help needy believers in Jerusalem uh, in uh, Jerusalem now 2 Corinthians uh, speaks of uh, this effort and the subject of giving uh, at even greater uh, length. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. First of all, we have mention of the very generous and sacrificial giving of the Macedonians. Uh, Let's read uh, from 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and beginning with verse 10. And in this I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be willing a year ago, now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that which a man has, and not according to that which he has not for I mean not that other men be eased and ye burdened, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be an uh, equality. What had happened, what had happened was that the project, the effort, the gathering of contributions had somehow slowed down, stalled, uh, taken longer than initially expected. And so Paul was telling them in 2 Corinthians, uh, the things that were begun, uh, let us uh, work on them so that they will be finished uh, with regard to this matter. Look also at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we'll read, first of all, uh, from the beginning of the chapter, Second Corinthians 9. For as touching the ministration, or the ministering, excuse me, to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you, for I know the readiness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has provoked very many. Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said... Ye may be ready, lest somehow if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we that, is, uh, that we say not ye should be ashamed. Uh, uh, Diana, please, please, all right? Uh, uh, we that, is, that we say not ye should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, of which he had noticed before, that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. Also 2 Corinthians 9, and let's read verses 12 and 13. For the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God, while by the proving of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. So, a good deal is mentioned regarding this project, this effort, this idea that the Gentile churches... Uh, which seemed to have at that time a certain abundance in terms of material things, a certain prosperity uh, in terms of material things, that perhaps they would be willing to lay aside some amount, a certain sum here and there from this church and that church, and that this sum would be taken to Jerusalem to help the believers there who apparently were in need, whose situation was a situation of lack, uh, uh, whose situation uh, was not that good uh, materially. Now, most likely, Paul the Apostle also had the idea here of promoting a unity between the believers of different backgrounds, believers of a Jewish background, and believers of a Gentile uh, background, uh, of a Gentile uh, background. Uh, In the book of Acts itself, uh, this project, this effort, is mentioned in passing. Uh, It is mentioned less than in the passages that we have uh, looked at. Uh, Acts chapter 24 and verse 17 Acts chapter 24 and verse 17, Paul is speaking before uh, Felix, and he says, Now, after many years, I came to bring alms to my nation and offerings. I came to uh, bring uh, alms, to bring assistance, to bring uh, uh, money that was given Now I came to bring alms to my nation. Uh, Acts chapter 20 and verse 4. And there accompanied him into Asia, Sopatar of Berea, and of the Thessalonians Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derbe and Timothy, and of Asia Tychicus and Trophimus these individuals might well have been representatives of the churches to which they belonged and they traveled with paul to uh, jerusalem uh, um, to deliver the gifts which were given by their churches Back in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 3, When you come, whomsoever you will approve by your letters, them will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem, and if it be suitable that I go also, they shall go with me. They shall uh, go uh, with me. So, this is the collection for the saints, which is mentioned in 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 1 and uh, which he speaks about as well in verses 2 and 3 and uh, 4. Not the first time, not the first time, that other churches had helped the believers in the church of uh, Jerusalem. Look at an earlier effort, an earlier uh, contribution, uh, more limited in the sense that it involved just one church in terms of giving. Uh, Acts chapter 11, and beginning with verse 27, Acts eleven twenty seven, and in those days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great famine throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar... Then the disciples, every man, according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren who dwelt in Judea, which they did, or which they also did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. and then at the very end of chapter twelve of the book of Acts uh, chapter twelve and verse twenty five And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. This is an earlier contribution, an earlier effort, uh, which involved the Church of Antioch hearing that there was going to be famine. They decided uh, to give uh, to help uh, the brethren who dwelt in uh, Judea. So, believers in Jerusalem received help, as we understand things, twice. The first such effort, Acts chapter 11 and Acts chapter 12, from the church of Antioch, and it was carried to Jerusalem by Barnabas and by Saul, that is by Paul the Apostle, who at that time were serving actively uh, as leaders in the church in Antioch. And then after that, there is the effort of which we speak, uh, of which Paul speaks in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and the first four verses. Why did the believers in Jerusalem need help? We are not told specifically uh, here. Now, in the earlier effort, this was prompted by what? prompted by uh, the prophecy that there would be famine. But remember, it said famine uh, in various places, not just in Jerusalem. And so that would create a certain amount of hardship here, there, and everywhere. And so again, the question can be asked, why were the believers in Jerusalem, it seems, more needy than believers in other places? And we do not have any explicit answer to this question, but here are some ideas that people uh, have come up with. First of all, the believers in Jerusalem may have been, during this time, more persecuted than other believers. More persecuted than other believers. In the time that we are speaking of, in these very early times, a lot of the persecution which believers faced, perhaps most of the persecution which believers faced, came from the Jews. Uh, came uh, from uh, the Jews. And therefore, where would such persecution be particularly intense? In Jerusalem. Uh, in uh, Jerusalem. Look at First Thessalonians chapter 2. And verse 14, first Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 14. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. So, Thessalonian believers, you have faced, yes, you have faced persecution. And when he speaks of that, what does he say? He says, like the churches in Judea which gives you the idea that the churches in Judea, that the churches in Jerusalem and in its area, that they faced a good deal of opposition and hostility and difficulty for the sake of uh, the faith. Some commentators mention that Jerusalem was probably not a rich city. If you think of its resources... Uh, It may have been, by certain standards, it may have been overpopulated. And the fact that people came to Jerusalem for the different feasts of the Jewish religious calendar, and the fact that Jerusalem hosted such people, and probably at some expense to the city itself, this may have strained its resources and may have made things more difficult in terms of their economic, financial, material situation. As a city, it seems to have relied uh, on help from the Jews who lived in many different places, from the Jewish diaspora. They may have relied on money that was sent in by Jews living in Egypt and Jews living in Antioch and Jews living uh, in Greece, Rome, uh, uh, Asia Minor, here, there, uh, Babylon, so on. Now, believers in Jerusalem were what? Were rejected by their families cut off by their families ostracized by their families and therefore may have been cut off from such help and that in a city where there weren't that many opportunities for employment for a person to work for a person uh, to uh, make his uh, uh, way and the time of famine mentioned Acts 11, would therefore have fallen somehow harder upon them than upon others and wouldn't have helped uh, things. Uh, Look at Galatians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Um, Galatians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Uh, And when James... Cephas, that is Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me. They gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the Gentiles, and they unto the circumcision, only they would, only they would, they desired, they asked, that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was diligent to do only that they should remember the poor now remember the poor what exactly does that mean Uh, does it mean paul barnabas as you serve among the gentiles and as you encounter poor people among the gentiles remember to be kind towards them helpful and so on maybe but maybe there's another idea we are going to serve among the circumcision, you are going to go towards, uh, in the direction of the Gentiles. As you go in the direction of the Gentiles, don't forget that believers here in Jerusalem are poor. So as you go and serve among the Gentiles, don't forget us and the fact that we have needs. Don't forget uh, that uh, 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 that there are needs. Uh, remember uh, the matter of uh, the daily ministration, Acts chapter six, and uh, the idea of helping uh, uh, people who did not have any other source of of help. Perhaps this also tells us of the fact that believers in Jerusalem seem to be needy more than in other uh, places, uh, in other uh, places. And so, the collection uh, for the saints is a collection for the needy believers in Jerusalem. Uh, In uh, Jerusalem, and we considered some ideas about why they were needy uh, in particular. Remember, remember, although we won't uh, make this the subject of much of our attention right now, remember that the word saints refers to believers. That it does not refer to some spiritual aristocracy who are somehow more righteous than others And are able to share their righteousness with others so that uh, uh, sister Renee uh, God bless her heart has let's say a surplus of righteousness and somehow or the other she can lend me some of that righteousness uh, which can help me to gain acceptance before God These are ideas that certain people hold to, certain people who bear the name of Christ, but remember that not everyone who says Lord, Lord belongs to uh, the Lord Jesus uh, Christ. And people can believe that saints refer to elephants if they so desire. They are free to do so and should not be punished in any way uh, for believing what they want. At the same time, uh, if we desire to know what is right, true, correct, we go to the Bible, we go to God's Word, where we see clearly that saints is another word for believers. Saints is is another word for believers and refers to believers in general, and not to some fictional spiritual aristocracy. Who have powers to lend their surplus righteousness to others. Uh, uh, to others. Uh, of course, part of the story is that surplus righteousness is sitting over here in a big uh, reservoir, and I am the one who stands at the faucet. And if you need some surplus righteousness, then you can pay me money And I can dispense some surplus righteousness to uh, you. Uh, Look at what the Bible says. Uh, uh, Very quickly, a few verses. Uh, Acts chapter 9 and verse 13. Acts 9, 13. Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. What evil was Paul doing, Saul of Tarsus? He was harming believers in general. Uh, Acts chapter 9 and verse 32. And it came to pass, as Peter passed through all quarters, that he came down also to the saints who dwelled at Lydda, a particular place in the land of uh, Palestine. Had some ecclesiastical bodies studied these people and ascertained that they were especially righteous, confirmed that they had performed miracles and therefore officially raised them to the ranks of sainthood, no such thing is found in the Bible with regard to these saints who dwelt at Lydda or other saints Uh, look at Romans chapter 1 and verse 7 Romans chapter 1 and uh, verse 7 uh, the Bible says to all that be in Rome beloved of God called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians uh, 1-2, uh, a very valuable statement with regard to this particular subject. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1-2, unto the church of God, which is Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called saints. Now, the the words to be, which are there, are actually not a very good translation, Uh, It's better to say called saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Uh, Philippians chapter one and uh, verse one, Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the bishops and the deacons. Now he says, with the bishops and the deacons, that means the leaders of the church. So when he's speaking about saints, he is speaking about who? He is not actually referring by the word saints to the leaders. He's referring to the believers at large. And one verse in the Old Testament, uh, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 50, and verse 5, (laughs) Mazmur Khamsin Waladad Khamsi, the Bible says, Gather my saints together unto me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And so the saints are those who have come unto the Lord based upon sacrifice. In the Old Testament, the sacrifice was a lamb, and that pointed to the great lamb, the true lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now concerning the collection for the saints, 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 1, As I have given... Order to the churches of Galatia. Now the churches of Galatia were some of the oldest churches uh, which Paul himself had founded. Uh, Galatia, an area in the middle of uh, what we would call today Turkey. What Places were in Galatia which Paul had visited on his first missionary journey. Antioch of Pisidia, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. And what did he do when he got to Derbe? He went back to Lystra, to Iconium, to Antioch of Pisidia. And then from there back to Antioch of Syria, the Antioch that is uh, closer to us and which we know. And are more familiar with. And so, on his first missionary journey, Paul witnessed in these four cities, actually, except for Derby, he visited them twice on his first missionary journey. On his second missionary journey, he visited them again, uh, Acts chapter 16 and verse 6. Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia. So, on the second missionary journey, he passed through Galatia again. And Acts chapter 18 and verse 23, uh, the third missionary journey, after he had spent some time there, he departed and went over all the country of Galatia and Phrygia in order strengthening all the disciples. As I've given order to the churches of Galatia, the churches of Galatia are churches that he had visited four times, four times, and to which he had written a letter, the letter of the uh, Galatians. I've given the Galatians directions, I've given them commandments, given them instruction in this matter. And now I say to you the same thing that I said to them. Now, when exactly did Paul communicate with the Galatians regarding this subject? We don't know. But since he passed through Galatia several times, he could have communicated with the Galatians concerning this subject in person. Or possibly uh, sent word to them. Or possibly sent some written uh, a commandment uh, to them. Uh, uh, to, to them. Uh, so one way or the other, he had communicated with the churches of Galatia in uh, uh, with regard to this matter. Do we see anything regarding this matter in the letter of Galatians? No, no, not really. I mean, you can, you can go to Galatians and, uh, and find a couple of verses that have to do with giving, but nothing that seems to tie in any obvious way to this particular project. Look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. Uh, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Maybe some faint connection, but nothing clear and obvious in the letter itself. Uh, in the letter uh, itself. It's possible that the letter of Galatians was written quite early in the ministry of Paul the Apostle, was written before this idea of uh, the Gentile churches uh, making a contribution and this contribution being sent to Jerusalem, possibly before this idea really got off the ground. Uh, it may have been that the letter of Galatians was already written by, uh, by that. As I've given order to the churches of uh, Galatia, I'm not telling you anything different than I tell other people. There is a kind of uniformity here, or a better word would be a consistency here, and Paul says this more than once in 1 Corinthians, Uh, go back with me to chapter 7 and verse 17, Chapter 7 and verse 17, As God has distributed to every man, as the Lord has called everyone, so let him walk, and so ordain I in all churches. Uh, Chapter 11 and verse 16, uh, But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. Chapter 14 and verses 33, uh, and thirty-four, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. And let your woman keep silence in the churches in the churches, plural. Uh, so uh, again, again, uh, as I've told others, I'm telling you. I am telling you about this uh, matter. As I spoke to others, what I said to others, I am saying the same thing uh uh to you uh uh to you just four verses here at the beginning of the chapter where this project where this effort is mentioned and uh, the fact that it is discussed relatively briefly uh people think that it's likely that Paul had spoken to the Corinthians before about this when you speak about something for the first time, you tend to speak a little bit longer. Uh, also remember the idea of now and the idea of subjects that, are, that he begins to discuss with the word now, that these might have been what? That these might have been subjects that they asked about in their letter, which again would point to some previous discussion. I mean, he begins by saying the collection for the saints. He doesn't even say at the beginning that this is the collection for the saints at Jerusalem. In verse 3, he mentions Jerusalem. But he begins by saying the collection for the saints. And so it is quite possible that this is not the first discussion of the subject. The fact that it is brief, uh, briefly discussed might point to uh, it being discussed uh, uh previously uh previously and remember uh, uh, uh something as well uh, I was mentioning uh the fact that Jerusalem was a needy uh place. Corinth was a prosperous place. Uh, Corinth was a relatively wealthy place. Now, that doesn't mean that every person in Corinth uh, was uh, rolling in dough, uh, uh, but relatively speaking, Uh, generally speaking, uh, things were uh, quite good uh, in terms of material matters in, uh, in Corinth. And in other places, Maybe Galatia was not as prosperous as Corinth, but still perhaps uh, better off than the situation of the believers in uh, in Jerusalem. Upon the first day of the week, uh, 1 Corinthians 16 and uh, verse uh, 2. And uh, this is one of two verses which tell us Rather clearly, I think, that uh, the first day of the week was the day of worship, had become the day of worship. Why do I say had become? Because the day of worship in the Old Testament was the Sabbath, was the seventh day. But what happened on the first day of the week, the first day of the week was when the Lord Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared to them. One week later, also on the first day of the week, after appearing several days on the day of the resurrection itself, he appeared again one week later on the first day of the week. Uh, So, uh, the first day uh, of the week is mentioned here. Where else is it mentioned? In the book of Acts. Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart, to depart on the next day, and continued his speech until midnight. Until uh, midnight. Now, in the time when 1 Corinthians was written, uh, Greek culture, Roman culture, were, shall we say, prevalent uh, in the area uh, of the empire as a whole. Uh, Greeks and Romans were given to referring to the days of the week either by heavenly bodies, sun, moon, planets, or one or two days were referred to by the names of certain of the Greek-slash-Roman gods or goddesses. Um, The term Sunday, (laughs) uh, the word Sunday, uh, is therefore uh, a word uh, which uh, is pagan in origin. It's the day of the sun. Uh, It is uh, the day of the sun, uh, S-U-N. Uh, and so, uh, uh, perhaps for that reason, I'm just speculating, perhaps for that reason, it is not used here. He doesn't say Sunday. He says on the first day of the week. Uh, of the first day of the week. Uh, in fact, the, the word Sunday does not occur uh, uh, in the uh, New Testament. Upon the first day of the week, the day of uh, worship. Uh, the day uh, uh, of worship. And this tells us that in terms of this contribution, and I think we can generalize this to giving, uh, uh, not just in with regard to that particular effort, uh, that we should give regularly, that we should give uh, in a weekly manner, that we should give when we gather together to worship that it is part of the regular worship which a believer should participate uh, in paul does not say save it up set it aside give it to me as a large sum when i come in fact he says the opposite he says every week lay by something in store every week set aside a certain uh, amount he says also let every one of you like each one of you let each one of you uh, so again this is regarding a special contribution but uh, there are things here that I think I think we can apply to giving uh, uh, uh in every situation, not just the special contribution context, each of you, rich and poor. And of course, with regard to this matter, we can go back to the giving of the widow. Uh, uh, there were people who were rich who came, and they gave money into the treasury uh, in uh, the temple, If I'm not mistaken, there was an arrangement of some kind of box where uh, they would give, and some people uh, use uh, that arrangement to this day. The rich came and they gave, and and the widow came and she gave. And the Lord Jesus didn't stand up and say to the widow, No, you are exempt because they are rich, they give. You are not rich, therefore you don't give. So she came, and uh, she gave uh, as well. Let every one of you lay by him that which is uh, in store uh, uh, in store. Let everyone lay uh, let everyone lay uh, by him that which is in store. Another idea that you see here is that there should be shall we say a general character a general character of privacy about this of individual action let every one of you lay uh, by him uh, in a store the matter is not supposed to be a matter of public display At least this is not supposed to be the purpose, the goal, the motivation. And this takes us back to the Lord Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew chapter 6 and the first uh, few verses. Uh, The Bible says, Take heed that you do not do your alms, that is your good deeds, uh, before men to be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father who is in heaven. When you do your alms, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they might have glory from men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father who sees in secret shall reward thee openly. Now at the same time, There are some people who, I believe, go too far. There must be total secrecy. There must be uh, complete anonymity. Uh, The Lord Jesus also said in the Sermon on on the Mount, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is uh, in heaven. There is, after all, a certain amount of visibility in giving even if you follow the arrangement of there's a box in the back the Lord Jesus was sitting there and watching and he saw the people who were giving and they saw each other and uh, so there there is not a a complete and utter secrecy uh, in uh, such matters Uh, because usually one person is giving to uh, another or uh, giving to a certain uh, uh, group, and and somehow or the other uh, it's done in a manner uh, that is not utterly and completely uh, secret. And here we can remember David uh, and what he did uh, when uh, material was being gathered for the building of the temple, Uh, The actual building would happen under the leadership of Solomon. But David stood up uh, uh, in front of the people in 1 Corinthians chapter 29. And uh, he mentioned uh, what he himself had given. And he mentioned it not in a show-off spirit, but in a way where he intended to encourage others to give where he was saying to others look it's not just you give you give you give i want to tell you that i have given i want to tell you that i have uh, given uh, as uh, uh, as well uh, uh, as well let's just read that passage uh, and see that there can be uh, uh, ways in which uh, giving uh, uh, in which giving uh, can be public uh, and First Corinthians chapter twenty-nine. Let's read uh, from verse nine. First Corinthians, no, first Chronicles. First Chronicles, twenty-nine, and beginning with verse nine. Then the people rejoiced, for they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness, and the power, and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I, and what are my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee and sojourners, as were all our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build a house for your holy name comes of thine hand and is all thine own. And I know also, my God, that thou testest the heart. You test the heart. You have pleasure in uprightness, as for me in the uprightness of mine heart. I have willingly offered all these things, and now have I seen with joy thy people who are present here, offer willingly unto thee. O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our father, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of, the heart of thy people, and prepare their heart unto thee, and give unto Solomon, my son, a perfect heart. To keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, and thy statutes, and to do all these things, and to build the palace for which I have made provision. So, there was, at that time, there was a a public nature, perhaps more than usual, but still you see the spirit in which things were done. A spirit not of display, a spirit.